You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Um, just keep chugging away at it. We talked for a while, um... You know, he shared his thoughts, I shared my thoughts as well. And uh, Tommy's a guy I've been talking to since, since day one. You know, he's been you know, a big fan of mine, and I believe in what he's, he's done here in the past. And you know, He's coached, he's played, he's done it all. So anytime a guy like Tommy has advice or, or wants to share something with me, I always try to listen. How important is something like that, Rondo, at a time like this when this franchise, you know, you've got some tough times with tough losses? Um, it's great. Like I said, he's, he's you know, the, the biggest supporter here. You know, he's, he's here every night, every home game. and. Uh, he's rooting for us. He wants the best for our team, and uh, he has some great advice for me. So I'm gonna take that and, and try to, you know, share it with my guys and figure some things out. Well, that's so. That's yeah. I saw some of that. You probably saw some of that too. But that you can't do that. I mean, you're, you know, all of us can't do that. I mean, that has to be something where you have the, the toughness to say, hey, something goes wrong. I'm gonna make the next one right, and you focus on doing what you need to do to make the next play right on both offense and defense. I mean, this is professional basketball. Things are going to go against you, and you have to respond. Things are going to go for you, and you have to respond. And again, that's why I admire the Spurs so much, because regardless of how it's going, they just play the same way. And I think that every coach would tell you that. Um, and you know, I, I thought that you know, whether we, whatever you want to call it, youth or on the court, um, you know, uh, your, your, your look, whatever you want to call it, they have it, we didn't. Celtics have a close one going into the third quarter and then the collapse. It happened again, this time it was the Spurs. We're gonna talk about it now on The Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. I'm Jared Weiss, with me Julian Edlow. We're both from CLNS Radio and we're both Going to break this one down. Yep. You want to sigh again, just so we can really it's, I mean, explain the we'll exaggeration. We'll let you guys know when it's not a fourth quarter collapse at home, yeah. and then we'll have some some news to break to you guys because this is how the games end. Which should be at the intro of the show. We should break it as not a fourth quarter collapse. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, a lot of those collapses ended with like maybe a couple possessions here or there off at the end of the game. Yeah. But we're talking one, about a, a major blowout. And it, it, well, it was a winnable game entering the fourth quarter, a five-point game, but this one the Spurs just showed why they're so much better in the fourth quarter, and they didn't even do it with guys like Duncan and Parker and Ginobili. That, they just showed how deep they are and blew this one open. I mean, so it was a five-point deficit going into the fourth. By the 4-19 right. mark, when there was a timeout, it was 19 points, the lead right. for the Spurs. They just 
let it slip, completely collapsed. And then I think that was the timeout where they went with James Young and Pressy and Dwight Powell to come in. So they basically, Stevens conceded the game after an eight minute or so fourth quarter that just kind of didn't go their way at all. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing out there on either end. You know, the funny thing is when they brought in that scrub lineup, they actually only lost the rest of that game by two points. Right. So well, they, they played hard. We were just talking about how hard Dwight Powell was mm-hmm. going to the basket. He scored six points. They were playing a lot harder than the starters and the, the key reserves were. Now, so playing hard and playing cohesively are two slightly different things here. But you look at the way that Rondo is running this offense. Mm-hmm. You see guys like Kelly Olenek who look completely lost out there right now. But it seems like Rondo is still sitting back trying to be a playmaker when maybe it's time for him to be a scorer. For sure. He had two points tonight. He shot one of five, missed a couple more free throws. He's one of the worst free throw shooters in the league this year. You know, he, his assist numbers are there. He, he leads the team by trying to pass. But I think on a team like this, a lot of the time, players are looking at their leader, who is Rondo, to, okay, maybe take over and score on some plays. And Rondo's not doing that. So that, that's been what a lot of their late-game struggles out here have been, it seems like, when Rondo kind of doesn't dribble out the clock, but the, ball ends with the, the game ends with the ball in his possession. This team's looking for him to do things that he's not doing, I think. And we saw Tommy Heinsohn and Rondo having a tête-à-tête for probably at least 15 minutes in the locker room after the game. Yeah. And Rondo said that Tommy was giving him advice about pushing the pace and being a leader and keeping your chin up and all that kind of stuff. It seems like Tommy just needs to scream at Rondo, go to the rim, make the play. Don't be, don't, I mean, sitting back is what Rondo is that's what as I, good as That's what I would else. tell him to do. Yeah. I'm not Tommy Heinsohn. But you can be. I mean, you are Tommy Heinsohn well, on the show. You kind of are the old, the, the old Heinsen, yelling guy. The Tommy Heinsohn of the Garden Report. Exactly. The old yelling guy. Ouch. Okay. okay. <laughs> Didn't mean to make fun of Tommy there. But, I mean, you look at just the way that Rondo plays this game. He's the kind of guy that likes to sit back, attack when he wants to, slip pocket passes, stuff like that. He, he's, he's great at it, but that doesn't work for this team when this team isn't able to execute the plays. And it's pretty apparent across right. the board for this team. He shows us why he was the the perfect fit with the winning teams that he played on. You just plug him in. He's not going to be selfish and take any shots. He's going to find players in the position where they want the ball. When you do that on a team where you don't have scores, then it doesn't work. Rondo has always been this type of player and never needed, and maybe it hurt him when he was younger, he never needed to take the next step as a scorer. And now in his ninth year or wherever he is in his career, now he's being asked to take the take a step to become a scorer, and it might just be too late. He might be, you know, a distributor. Well, the thing is, I, compared to some of the scoring flashes he was showing, probably before all the injuries started to happen, yeah. when the Celtics were still really competitive, mm-hmm. he showed the potential to be an effective scorer. That's true. Almost like Jeff Green, not the best comparison, but, you know, can go off on any night and then disappoints on so many other nights. It seems like where Rondo is consistent in, you know, his rebounding, his passing, uh, his, his defense is solid, but he's never found that consistency scoring the ball. And it's amazing from, you know, that game we saw in Miami where he had 40-something points, kept the Celtics in the game single-handedly against LeBron James. And he was the, he was the best, Rondo was the best player on the court that night. Why can't he do that more now with this young team that he needs to lead? That's a good question. I don't really have the answer for that. Why why isn't it happening? But I feel like Rondo could make that decision. 
Ron, they have enough. So they're a three-point shooting team. They're shooting the three ball terribly. But they do have guys that, if they hit their shots a little bit more, will get a little bit more respect from the defense, which is going to open up True. driving lanes for Rondo a little bit more. And it looked tonight, and it looks like this a lot of nights, where Rondo doesn't have really anywhere to go towards the basket. He's kind of running around trying to find spots in the perimeter. They'll run, pick, and roll, and maybe he can slip a pass. He had a couple great yeah. passes to a cutting Zeller tonight, and yeah. that clearly is working. Him and Zeller is working, just they don't get a ton of opportunities. Him and Zeller are great on the pick and roll. Yeah. There was one. Of the, there was a play early in the game where Rondo had a great bounce pass to Zeller that he finished, and they've kind of had that connection going all season so far, so it was it was kind of exciting to mm. see Zeller get into the starting lineup. Brad Stevens said, obviously, it was to defend Tim Duncan. That was the only reason. But, you know, Olenek was struggling, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit more. He yes. has not been very good the past couple games. But, you know, we wanted to see what the connection between Rondo and Zeller was going to be tonight. They continued it a little bit, but eh, nothing, nothing special. All right, well, when we come back for part two, we'll talk more about Olenek's struggles, especially tonight. And we'll, uh, we'll open up the boxing out and the baller of the night portions of the show. So we'll be right back. This is CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Presentation of the Garden Report. Is this the most of that you've seen, Coach Stevens? Yeah. Is this one tougher to take than the other one? For sure. Why? Why? Just had it going and then we lost it. Just tired of losing. Is there a level of disappointment? Angry, disappointed? Just kind of surprised at this point. I mean, we're losing. It's frustrating. So we just got to figure out a way. <clears throat> what was the emotions from Coach Stevens? Uh, he's frustrated. Uh, but, you know, if you're not frustrated at this point, you'll need to be here. <laughs> Kelly's numbers have dropped a little bit the last five games. Do you see a different Kelly Olenek out there on the floor? Just needs to be more assertive. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about that. I mean, it's not anything that um, that's a negative to him from the standpoint of who he is or the ability level of his play. But for our team to be good, um, we need our bigs to be very assertive um, and, you know, do what they do best. And, you know, hey, we've, we've seen it time and again. We really we rely on our bigs um, to do a lot for us, and so we've just got to continue to, um, you know, encourage him to do that. And so, you know, I, I don't think one of the things about Kelly is he's going to come out and he's going to play. Kelly's a great kid. He's a big part of us now. He's a big part of us moving forward, and you know he won't get too caught up in this. All right, part two. This is the uh, Kelly Olynyk haterade hour now. Yeah. Um, it's been a really tough uh, couple of weeks for Kelly Olynyk, and things just kept getting worse today. He was benched before the game uh, by Brad Stevens, his first lineup change, starting lineup change of the regular season, yep. bringing in Tyler Zeller to start for him. Now he said before the game, asked why Tyler Zeller was starting, and he said, "Well, that's an easy answer. Tim Duncan, better matchup against Tim Duncan." Yep. Now Kelly Olynyk has been a disaster defensively so far. He has. He's kind of getting run around in circles. It's but a he, good excuse for Stevens. That makes yeah. sense. He's, but he's been making up for it for the most part with really good high post passing, good yep. shooting, nice little scoring. That's kind of disappeared. He had four points in his last two games coming into today, and then he Drops had three, three points. Spot. One for six. Uh, yeah. 
It was bad. I mean, just everything. He came out there. He was a fourth big in the game. Bass went ahead of him. Right. Bass had a solid first half. Right. And Olenek came out there, missed some shots. He was getting – Baines was running around him. And, uh, what you call it? Duncan was getting around him when they were going up against each other. Bonner he basically was went out there him. to get a, get a nice sweat going yeah, today. Yeah, basically. And he greased the a little bit. But, I mean, what what's wrong with Kelly Olenek and what needs to get better? What's wrong with him, I think, is just that he's not that aggressive of a player. He's – a big guy that you know doesn't like to push people around or get pushed around down in the post he can rebound because of his size but he's not a particularly great one or good one you know he there was a point in this season maybe eight or so games in when you could argue that Olenek was if not the Celtics best player at least you know one of the few best players so far in their season he he's a skilled player he can shoot the ball well he's a good scorer he probably needs to take more jump shots than he does but, you know, that's, those are the things he, he does well already. What he needs to do is improve on the things that he does not do well. And that's, you know, bang around down in the low post because essentially that got him benched tonight mm-hmm. because he can't do that. And, you know, Zeller is not the greatest in the world, but he's better than Olenek. That got him the start. Olenek came in and didn't, you know, maybe it would light a fire under him like, all right, I'm going to get in the paint tonight and get something going didn't give him any kind of spark in that way, obviously. Well, you know, the thing is, you're talking about Zeller being able to bang down low. He doesn't even do a ton of his offense posting up or anything right. like that. It's really the pick and rolls, his real he game. He does finish off of that. And On the defensively, at least, he's yeah. able to kind of That's true. He can handle his own defensively. But offensively, Kelly Olynyk, while pick and pop might make sense for him because he's a good shooter, mm-hmm. and then might from a, as far as affecting the defense that might work out better for the Celtics but he still needs to be able to roll to the hoop and Solinger does it sometimes but not enough but right. if Olenek Agreed. wants to if he wants to beat out Tyler Zeller he's got to show that he can get into the paint and that's somewhere where the Celtics have been effective but Kelly Olenek mm-hmm. has been the one guy that should be effective there that hasn't really been effective for them there for sure you said it yeah he, need, he needs to get in there and he hasn't so Maybe he needs to sit down with Tommy Heinsohn for a long talk. That's true. <laughs> and Tommy's a guy that he could really benefit from, considering how many similar Tommy loves telling people have. to go down in the post and yeah. get dirty. And he was a guy that's he's shown such a great back-to-the-basket and face-up game in Summer League. But he's, we just haven't yeah. seen it happen really at like, all. I mean, like I said, he's a skilled player. If yeah. he you know, can kind of get more aggressive, he, could be, he can use those skills in ways that I don't think we've seen him use. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he's got to box out and segue boxing out stat of the night. What's your stat of the night? Very good. Thank you. So my stat of the night is going to be the Spurs obviously always give you a well-rounded effort. Tonight they had five players in double figures, but, you know, that didn't even include Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, who had nine and seven points respectively. It just shows you – what I really got from it was that this team can beat you in so many ways when they have – Arguably, their two best players have seven and nine points, and they come out and blow you out with all these other guys. That's just who the Spurs are. Now, for me, my stat is the amount of field goals that the Celtics hit before the garbage time at the 419 mark. Very good. In the fourth <laughs> quarter, one field goal hit by Jared Solinger. There were a couple of guys that got to the line, but Jared Solinger had the only field goal. And it was on the fast break, too. So the, in half-court yep, offense, they couldn't get a single field goal before they brought in the guys for garbage time. Mm-hmm. And then James Young hit a nice shot. Dwight Powell hit several really nice baskets. Yeah. That guy, 6'11 guy that was driving to the rim like he was Giannis. I like Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. I mean, he can't do a Euro step from the three-point line. But, yeah, 
was practicing down. I say Atetokounmpo in sleep, in my sleep, just to I say get Greek it down. freak. There you go. That's a lot easier. Or Giannis. That's easier. Yeah. I just wish we could talk about Giannis. We should do a Bucks post game show just so we can talk about him all night long. I think uh, their first visit is April, I believe. Oh, good. So, so you can sit on that away, for a while. Where those two teams will be really fighting for the playoffs oh, yeah. at that point. Although we'll see at Milwaukee. But uh, I want to segue that into my stat of uh, my baller of the night because it's also a stat there. So there's a plus 28 differential for Kawhi Leonard and a minus 28 differential for Jeff Green. Mm -hmm. And that's why Kawhi Leonard is my baller of the night. That's a lot of points. Yeah. That's 56, a, I believe. That's, that's a pretty huge swing. Yep. So who's your baller? <laughs> my baller of the night is Aaron Baines, just because I thought he really broke the game open at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He's one of the guys that I just talked about, how Parker, Ginobili have pedestrian nights. Other guys do the damage. It was a five-point game coming into the fourth quarter. Baines hit a three, had a monster dunk, and then by the time you look up, it's that four-minute timeout where Stevens is saying, all right, you got us, and throwing the rookies and bench warmers in there. And, you know, he, I think he had nine points in the fourth quarter. He only had 13 points on the game, but the Spurs' high score was Danny Green with 18. So if you're going to pick a guy, there's tons of guys to pick from. I thought Baines was the guy that kind of helped them break it open. Yeah, and he was solid all around. He was good with the second He was. In the He's first a very half. bad matchup for Kelly Olynyk yeah. because he is very physical. He has no problem you know, getting in and doing the dirty work. But he can shoot and he can move from the outside. Yeah. He basically is doing what Kelly, Kelly can shoot should and move. be doing. That's what I was just yeah. about to say. If, if he can do it from the outside, then Olenek can do it on the inside. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. Thanks, Julian. That was a fun show. We're going to keep it oh, short good. and sweet because we know we got a lot of people watching Pat's coverage too tonight. So thanks for squeezing us in there. Uh, so don't forget to like the Garden Report on Facebook and to like CLNS Radio on Facebook. Do you can things. follow Julian and I on Twitter. And don't forget to listen to the Celtics postgame show after every single game on CLNS Radio, and you can listen to the podcast version later. So if you're watching us now, which is the next day, or since it's a 1 o'clock game later in the evening, just listen okay. to it on demand. You can find us on iTunes. You can find that show on iTunes. So give it a listen. Get all the Celtics coverage you need. So for Julian, I'm Jared. Until next time, we'll see you later on the Garden Report. What's the biggest difference you've seen in Rajon Rondo's game compared to the last time he played the Celtics? I don't know. I haven't watched any film. I'm not trying to be a wise guy. I'm just telling you the truth. I'll make something up if you want. But uh, if you had to make something up, what would it be? <laughs> He's even better looking than he was last year. Looks wise or basketball wise? No, looks wise. He's a good looking guy. Uh, I don't. I don't see any reason to watch film. I just uh, when my team has a game and they have zero turnovers and we shoot 60% and the other team scores 40, uh, then I'll start worrying about the other teams. Uh, but until that happens, I've got enough to correct and teach on my team and that's how I spend my time. So what do you do to try to get a feel for what the other team is going to bring? Uh, one of the assistants will tell me something. And, you know, I believe whatever they tell me. So if they say, we're going to do this on the pick and roll, I say, okay, or well, I don't know if I want to do that. And then you go play. I mean, have you seen a secret play lately? Or a new pick and roll defense? Or some new amazing continuity offense that nobody can guard? It's the same stuff every day. Whoever executes the best, whoever uh, is the most competitive and does both on a consistent basis for more of the 48, that's the team that wins.